You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back. I'm Tanya Pinkins. You're listening to You Can't Say That. And this is part two of my conversation with Paul Matthews, a Joshi, about life as an expat in Korea. There's no shame in America. Let's talk about shame in Korea and, and how it, you know, it, it seems to affect the politicians, right? Uh, who, 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 didn't a president jump off a mountain or something? Uh, yeah, we, we had President No Mu-hyun after, after he stepped down. Uh, there was scandal surrounding him and he, he committed suicide. Um, this year, Seoul doesn't actually have a mayor at the moment because the mayor committed suicide. Um, <sighs> he, was, he was a beloved figure. Um, everyone thought he was a really good guy. And then, uh, it came out that there was, there were accusations that he had been sexually harassing a member of staff and the next day he went missing and then his body was found. And yeah, this is, this is, this is one aspect of Korea that you don't necessarily hear when you, when you read about BTS or, or other, uh, K-pop <laughs> phenomenons, uh, uh, well, and then speaking of that, we've got celebrities killing themselves. We have a, a really high suicide rate um, for young actors, actresses, and singers and dancers who are—I don't know—they're they're having a really hard time, and there's no way out. And then they end their lives. Tell me what I mean. You're there. You're you're in it, but you're not of it. What is the what is the pressure of that? Because sometimes, like I was around people there who I felt like. Your mental illness is your culture. If you could just cut the ties with your family, I mean that sounds horrible. I'm like, I'm like, you'd be perfectly sane in America, but you yeah. have to cut the ties. But the problem is that family is everything, and family is so important. Um, and the, and the other thing is that you you have to look at how Korea has changed. America has is a relatively new country. Yeah, but, absolutely. But it's but but it's had it's had a gradual process of change. There have there's been bumps along the way and and huge milestones at some points and and huge crises at others. But Korea um until the early 1900s, Korea was a monarchy. Um and had fought off Japan and China many many times and then at the start of the 1900s, Japan occupied Korea and occupied Korea until 1945 at the end of the Second World War. Korea then went through a period where it was trying to find itself 
before fighting itself from 1950 to 1953 in the Korean War. Then after that, uh, we had dictators up until the late 80s, when finally Korea started to have its own democracy. And then in the 90s, Korea had this big financial crisis. And from to about 2000 onwards, suddenly Korea became this huge, this huge powerhouse. And the last 20 years has been incredibly successful. But this has all happened in the space of 100 years. And you've got people who were born in extreme poverty. You've got grandparents who were born during the Korean War or who lived through the Korean War and lived through the hardships that came after that. Then you've got children who were born in 2001 who all they know are smartphones and, uh, and <laughs> K-pop and, and a fun life. You've got this, these huge extremes. So therefore, when you've got a family, when you've got three or four generations, they're all coming from very different places. And our childhood experiences form us, you know, form our personality so strongly. So it's, Korea has changed so much, and yet you've got people who are left behind. Mm. You've got the older generations who are still in their time. And so when they're confronted with children who want this or want to do that or want to be this or want to do, be that, they, they can find it really hard to understand, hard to accept. And Korea's come to this, this crunch point now, especially because with the internet, well, the whole world is available to you. And you mm. can see how other people are living. And you can go, well, I know I'm this and I want to be like this. And these people over there are doing that. So why can't I do that too? So... Mm. It's a, it's a, it's a really big issue, and I feel, I feel really sad because I have friends, you know. Uh, for a start, to be an actor in Korea is is not a good move. Your Why? parents are probably going to be disappointed with you. Oh, okay. You know, if you're not a lawyer or a doctor, <laughs> if you go, if you're going into the arts, it's it's not good. You know, I've got friends who, you know, uh, 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 friends who who haven't come out to their families, or if they have come out, it's been a really, really tough time. Um. It's it's really difficult, um, and and there's nothing I can do about it as a as a big fat hairy white man over here because I'm also not part of the society, mm -hmm. and that's also a difficult thing. Is that I think in America, for example, um, anyone can be American. Uh, you can you can move to America in your twenties and you can get citizenship and you can call yourself American. I think I may be wrong. Um, in Korea. I've lived here 20 years. I'm hoping to get Korean citizenship. But I don't think people are going to look at me and say, yep, you're Korean. Mm. Even when I'm legally Korean. Mm. Um, and that's okay. That's a, that's a, it's a different culture. It's a different way. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm outside of the society to a certain extent. And that's okay for me. And that's actually advantageous to me. I, I, I have such privilege in Korea. Being being a big fat hairy white man, um, mm. because I benefit from from institutional racism, and from the way that uh, Korea has idolized America in Europe, mm. and uh, you know the fact that I'm an English speaker. These are all mm. big advantages to me. If I came from elsewhere in the world, and if I if I was a different race, a different color, I I would be treated very very differently, and I'm very mm. aware of that. Mm. I heard of this concept, Han. Han, am I saying it right? Yeah, Han, yeah. What is that? What's your understanding of that? Oh, it's this embedded anger and frustration and hate and regret 
and all the bad things that get bottled up and that you're never allowed to express, and then one day it all comes out. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's this, it's this, this inner pain, this this deep emotional inner pain. I think for me, I feel like it's it's what I love about Korean movies. <laughs> mm. There's a lot of it in there. I mean, it's dark, but it's also funny, and they just. They take that Han and they turn it into art. Yeah. Well, you, you've spent, when you've spent as a country a hundred years under occupation and then under dictatorship, if you've, as a country for centuries, been attacked, always been the underdog, always been looked down upon, if you as a country um, think that, well, we're so small, uh, Koreans always talk about how small Korea is. Mm. Um, and for many years, how how you know how how little power Korea had. I think now, especially during the pandemic, Korean people generally have gone. Hang on, we're doing better than everyone else. Mm. Does that mean we're actually pretty good? Mm. It's been a big lesson for for a lot of people. I feel. Um, so yeah, so it, it's all it's all wrapped up. I mean, and you also the fact is that that Japan has has not properly. Uh, properly apologized to Korea, will not properly recognize what it did to Korea, to China, and to other countries um, during the first half of the 20th century. I don't think most Americans are even aware of the Holocaust and genocide that the Japanese perpetuated mm. on Koreans. Yeah, and so there's there's that issue when, when the, you know, when I think it was last week in Germany, there was a big kerfuffle about a comfort woman statue. So for those who don't know, the comfort women... Uh, with these these young girls, they were in, in their teens or early twenties, and they were basically snatched away from their families and taken to serve Japanese soldiers as sex slaves. And for quite a number of years now, there has been a statue outside the Japanese embassy in Seoul, and it's a young woman, and she's sitting on a bench, and she's just waiting there. And um, this statue has been copied and placed all over Korea and also all over the world. Um, and it's in remembrance of the suffering of these women. Uh, and many Japanese organizations have protested and wanted these statues taken down. And in Germany last week, in Berlin, I think it was, um, there was a Japanese civic group who tried to have the statue removed. But fortunately, um, the local council um, have let it stay for the moment. Mm. But the fact, the fact is, it's a, it's, a, it's a symbol remembering what happened to those women. Mm. And I think that Germany, for example, in Germany, uh, you know, I think the country as a whole has come to terms with what happened and what Germany with the did. Holocaust and the genocide. Yeah. And America certainly has not. Mm. But Germany, you know, Germany. You there was a beautiful moment with Macron and Merkel hugging last year at some at some uh, at some m memorial event, and you're thinking, yes, this is how it should be. A nation recognizes that what it did was awful mm -hmm. but it's moving on and it's and it's finding a way to pay reparations and it's doing its best whereas japan is like pull that statue down god oh we can't have a statue of a young girl up there mm. i mean we need these statues we need these these things to remind us of the horrors that so many people have been through um, so well, that some we don't people would do it say again. we need those Confederate statues to remind us of the horrors that our ancestors went through too. No, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. We don't need those Confederate statues. 
We're not. I don't want a statue to Hitler, for example. That's not what I'm asking for. I want a statue with a young girl to remind us that we need to protect everybody. That these young women went through that. Those are the statues that we need. Those the Confederate bullshit. And it's the same in the UK. There was there's, there are statues that shouldn't be up anymore, or put them in a museum. I don't say destroy them. Put them in a museum with a very long description saying exactly what each of those motherfuckers did. List the good things, list the bad things. But let's be frank and honest about history. Um, and I think yeah. that is a big piece. If we can list the good things and the bad things instead of having to make people all anything, that people are a mix of everything. Well, when we look at, um, uh, we're speaking December December 11th American time. Uh, yesterday, Korean time, Kim Ki-duk, the director, passed away. Um and he is a very controversial figure in Korean cinema. He has made some incredible films, but there have been accusations surrounding him sexually abusing, physically abusing cast members. Um, I had to stop watching his films because I just I didn't want to support him as an artist. Um, but at the same time, his film, Spring, Summer, Autumn, Winter, Spring, his film Three Iron, they are some incredible pieces of cinema. There's no denying that. When if you if you didn't know who directed it and you watch it, you go, "Wow, this is astonishing." But you know, nobody's perfect. But but uh, you know, we have to list the good and the bad. We have to we have to look at these people, especially those that we that we deem to be heroes or deem to be good enough to have a statue, and say, "Well, who were they really?" With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What do you think about that? I mean, I see what you're saying. I know you told me that those two those films were some of your favorite. That film was a favorite of yours. Is that, I mean, I, I think that it's just such a hard thing to... Yeah. Uh, you know, separating an artist from their work. I think that the artist has to be, uh, have consequences for their personal behavior. Absolutely. And, you know, yeah. I think if we can give co consequences to the artist, then we can separate the work. But as long as the artists have no consequences, I think the only power that people have is to say, well, I'm going to, you know, boycott your work. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I did. You know, I've, I've not watched any of the films he's made in the last five years or so. Um, I agree. Yeah, there have to be consequences. Um, and it is really difficult because the, the artist is part of the work. It's like um, this past couple of weeks in the UK, there's been a lot of talk about Roald Dahl and his mm -hmm. anti-Semitism. Mm -hmm. And my goodness, Roald Dahl was an amazing writer. It's, his books, 
for, for children and for adults, his short stories for adults were also astonishing. When I look at a book like Matilda, that had such an impact on me as a child and an impact on millions of children, such a positive book for children to read. And yet he had very strong anti-Semitic views. Mm-hmm. And we've got to talk about that. And we've got to admit it. And we've got to say, okay, yeah, he was a good writer, but he wasn't necessarily a good human being. <laughs> and I it's- guess there's this other piece of that that I, I feel like there's something shifting in me around that. Like I have my anger and my rage about things, but I also have this piece of me that recognizes that people come from a time yeah. and a place. You know, like sometimes when I think about sexual harassment, I'm like, women were property at the beginning of the last century. People mm. could do whatever they wanted to do with their property. You, I mean, I'm not saying it was right for them to be property, but the rules and the behavior were based on something that people had agreed upon who were in power. So now that we're saying that they are not agreed upon, you know, do we give any lenience to people who came up in a different time or not? Or do we not give them lenience? Do we say, well, it, the law should have never been that way. I, I don't have an answer, but it's something well, I wrestle with. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. And I, I don't know the answer to your question. I, I, I too am thinking a lot about that because, you know, we're we're finally starting to talk as a society, as a global society, about these issues and starting to confront, you know, that what we were taught in class isn't necessarily what we should have been taught. It wasn't necessarily the whole truth. Mm-hmm. And yet there is something to, to be said about, well, they were a man or a woman of that time. That they that they grew up in that society and they grew up with that um that moral code that that society decided was right for it. Um but at the same time in every society, in every time period, there have been people who have fought against that. Absolutely. People, people have stood up against it. So why did they not stand up too? I'm with you on that too. Yeah. And that and <laughs> which brings us to the question is why aren't we all standing up for what we believe in? Um Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, so, think, I think a little of that is we look at the history of the people who did, Galileo, Copernicus. Hmm. It didn't really work out for them. <laughs> I mean, what's a what's a little execution amongst friends? It's fine. Uh, yeah, and that's and that's the thing is that generally speaking, most of us are cowards, and most yeah. of us are unwilling to stand up for our beliefs. Whether those beliefs are right or wrong is beside the point. Um, but what I love about this late this new generation, you know, is it Generation Z? Is that what we're calling them now? <laughs> Thank you, Bob. Yeah, but, the, but look at like I look at what's happening on TikTok, and in some ways, tic- TikTok. Yeah, TikTok is a poisonous app in many ways. It's you know, it's it's Facebook on on methamphetamines, um, but at the same time, it's a force for good. When you've got teens using their channels to talk about politics or to talk about mm-hmm. social issues or to stand up for what they believe in, I think this is magnificent because. I would have been too scared to do that at 16 mm. or 17. I might say it to my friends, but to say it to the whole world, to have it on video, to to express yourself in that way takes such courage and bravery. And I really admire that. Um, you know, I, I, think I rarely I, go on TikTok, but I was on TikTok today. And my thought when I was on TikTok going through and seeing all these people, I thought TikTok alone will be able to 
clear, a, a global idea of black Americans as these violent criminals. Because yeah. all you see are these wonderful dancers, singers, families, beautiful homes. I was like, TikTok can single-handedly change the image of, of, of American blacks in the world. It's wonderful because let's face it, when I was growing up, what image of American blacks did I have? Well, it was, it was the films that came out. And generally speaking, uh, it was violence. Mm-hmm. And it was gangsters, and it was guns, and it was drugs. Mm-hmm. And you know, and and I absolutely agree that now, thanks to these these toxic and poisonous apps, they're actually <laughs> also doing doing really good things to the world. It's it's amazing. Um, and yeah, like I I will go through TikTok, and and I can see uh, immigrants to Korea who are working in the factories. So these are often uh, from Southeast Asia. Uh, and from other parts of the world, who who are they're they're the, they're the ones who are basically driving Korea's economy because they're picking the strawberries or they're or they're making the socks or they're or they're operating the machines in the factories. And thanks to TikTok, suddenly I get thirty seconds of their life, mm. and that for me is amazing because I have no other way to access that experience. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I can see I can see you know someone in the US dancing a silly dance or doing a little skit or or just being who they are. And that is also really, really brilliant because it's it's allowing me to connect with, you know, hundreds of individuals at a time and to go, oh, this is your life or this is what you want to show of your life. And that's a really democratic thing. And that's that's one of the great things about TikTok, despite it again being very toxic and very poisonous is that to a certain extent, it's a democratic app and everyone can get a chance to show who they are. Um, I think it's worrying that, that, you know, there's a drive to want to be famous on TikTok and that's really dangerous. Well, don't you think that, you know, capitalism sort of sells this idea of exceptionalism and fame and the crabs in the barrel thing and, you know, maybe some of these things like TikTok will help people stop that because so few people actually achieve that. I mean, I hope it, it starts to be boring for people. The idea of like, Oh, I want to be an influencer. I mean, I don't see it happening any soon, but like, I don't know if you've heard of this new app called clubhouse. Do you know that one? No. I've only been on it for three days and um, it is a social media app where you can just have conversations with people from all over the world about anything. Anyone can open a room and people can come and listen or they can um, ask to participate. I think it's going to be the end of podcasts because before I came on with you, I was just in a room listening to people who were neurodivergent, talking about what it was like to exist, trying to go to school, what their different kind of solutions were. I mean, if for anything else, it's going to be the the best research laboratory that it is in the world for creatives that you can just go in and listen to real people just telling you how it is in their lives. Yeah, that that sounds amazing. But at the same time, very dangerous. Why dangerous? Uh, well, for one, um, the, the, the Internet means that you can you can share your message with the world, but it also means that anyone can listen to that message. And there are a lot of horrible people out there. Uh, I think we're past the point of no return for that. I uh, yeah. assume that everything I'm doing is under surveillance at all times. Oh, yeah. But, I just but, assume that. But you're a grown adult. 
And what worries me is you've got teenagers who are maybe not as savvy and don't have the world experience and who will open their hearts on these kind of things and will and will and will talk about anything and will and will be preyed upon and will be perhaps humiliated, maybe bullied, or even worse, you know, the cases of you know these predators going on these apps. And then you have the QAnons. You have the conspiracy theorists. Oh yeah, but God. the apps didn't make them. I mean, I'll, those people, those things existed. The, the apps did not create any of those Oh, things. no, but the, but the <laughs> apps help propagate them. And that's the worrying thing. And I think, I think for 20 years, we've been in the wild west of the internet, and we need regulation. I don't know about regulation. We can't put it in anybody's hands or anybody control. I mean, the beauty of it is that it's available to anybody. Who are we going to give the control to? How can we trust them? How do we know they can't be corrupted or bought? I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd rather I'd, risk the danger, you know, rather than, um, than, 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 than give up the illusion of freedom, even though we are being, uh, we are the product on the internet. I get it. I'm the product. They're selling me. Yeah, that's it's and and that's and going back to talking about America, that's a very American viewpoint. <laughs> um, Tell me your viewpoint. Well, I, 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 you know, I grew up with things like the BBC, um, which is government funded but not government controlled, and the idea that um, I, I believe, for example, that YouTube should be regulated and treated as a broadcasting organization. Um, I think that, that there, there's so much danger out there in terms of the material that can be put on, that can be accessed by children, for example. There are cases where there are these automated videos that they're, they're, they're automatically generated, um, and they contain violent images along with kids' cartoons. And wow. you get kids who are searching through YouTube because mom and dad are busy, I don't know, cooking dinner or doing whatever. And they, thanks to the algorithm, they end up watching something they should not be watching. Mm. And, you know, <laughs> traumatizing a five-year-old. But wait a minute, doesn't that, now why are we going to put the responsibility on the internet? Doesn't that mean parents need to put the parental controls on their equipment and they need to have a little more, you know, um, play, say in what their children are doing? You can't let the internet be the babysitter. But people do. People do. Now, look, people do a lot of stupid things. Yeah, and <laughs> that's why we need regulation. Example of <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to be able to legislate away stupidity. No. Um, <laughs> uh, and stupidity is the future. Uh, but, at the, but at the same time, and this is why I, I believe in regulation, because I, 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 I work for children. I make art for children. So I have a great concern about what children are consuming. And for the most part, children generally are consuming a lot of crap. And that's, that's always been the way. If you look at generally what's on TV, there's good stuff, but there's a lot of bad stuff. But it's really worrying that with the internet now, children are having access to the internet, unregulated, unfettered access, and they're seeing things which we should not be subjecting them to. Well, you know, we're gonna have to agree to disagree about yeah, that. And, 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 and that's fine, but but, but it's uh, not but, like I want children to see this violence, but I want someone else to have control of it because I want to have access to go find anything oh, I want. Well, that's the thing, and 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 I have no problem with that. I have no problem with you having unfettered access, but at the same time, if 
you know, if, uh, you know, in the same way that when we go to the cinema, you can't get into the cinema to see an R-rated movie unless you're with a parent or guardian and, and you, if you're under 17. But you can't deny that there are some minds that as soon as you say no, they got to figure it out. And those children who want to figure it out are going to figure it out. And you know what? They may be the genius minds who are going to create something incredible in the future. So as soon as you say no, you got the people who are like, okay, we got to get in that because we we just got to. There are people who just have to break through things because there's a wall. Yeah, but, but, but at least all the other children don't have to be faced with it. <laughs> I, it, it's oh, a yeah, really... this Korea's gotten into you. you. The Korean has gotten into you all. I it, don't think Britain would have said this. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. It's, I know there is no easy answer to it. But, but I also really worry about, about unfiltered internet. And, um, and I don't have an answer. And when I talk about regulation, I can't tell you who should regulate it. But I know that... I know that it's really worrying what is happening sometimes on the internet in terms of fake news, in terms of conspiracy theories, in terms of Facebook or Twitter not checking things or allowing abuse to go um, unstopped. I hear you. I'm with you. And there's just this part of me that's just like, I, my optimism says that whatever we're seeing, it's evolving towards higher levels of good and that the world is getting better for more people. So yes, there is nothing mutually exclusive about things being really, really awful in many areas and things still getting better. So I have a faith in evolution as a positive force more than I have a a fear of the terrible things that I do see happening all around and all the time. Yeah, and yeah, I I understand. (laughs) Uh, You're a glass half full kind of gal. I'm a I'm a glass half full kind of guy. All no one would ever say that about me. (laughs) (laughs) I think that what I actually am is no matter what my guest is doing, I just take the other side. I just I just like to play devil's advocate. I would have been a great lawyer if I could have brainwashed myself into believing in that fake system. (laughs) Now that's a system I'd like regulated. (laughs) But who's gonna regulate it? (laughs) I'm with Shakespeare in the new world. Let's kill all the lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> it has been such a pleasure speaking with you, Paul. Uh, for me too, Anything that you want to say that I didn't ask you that you would want to say to this American theater audience? Um, uh, keep on keeping on. I know it's been a, a very tough 12 months, but, but theater will come back and theater will survive. And oh, just stay strong and do what you can. Yes. Thank you. My name is Tanya Pinkins, and you're listening to You Can't Say That on the Broadway Podcast Network. Stay safe, wear a mask, they save lives. Thanks for listening to You Can't Say That, the show where you can. I'm Tanya Pinkins, and You Can't Say That is part of the Broadway Podcast Network, produced by Dory Berenstein and Alan Seals, edited by Derek Gunther, with music by Kat Dale. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast highly wherever you stream. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Tanya Pinkins. And to learn more, visit bpn.fm forward slash YCS.
S-T. Stay safe. You is kind. You is smart. You is important. You is dead. Tanya Pinkin's horror film, Red Pill, brings African-American perspective to progressive movement. We are a majority in this country. And we're going to win the election. Do you know what the red pill is? A red pill is someone who infiltrates a group and then destroys them from the inside. This place is spooky. Some people like to live dangerously. Gas, why are you so jumpy tonight? You know what, guys? I'm gonna go back tomorrow. Did you hear about the creature woman that attacked a father and son hunting down here? I don't see the case. This place creeps me out. I think we should call the sheriff's office. The only people missing or dead are brown people. They're after all of us. What do we do, Amelia? We die. But we take some of them with us. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.